0: Morning church, everybody awake? Good, good. Uh, Wasn't last Sunday great for those of you, how many of you were here last Sunday at Kiwanis Park and doing that whole thing? Yeah, absolutely a, a wonderful time to be together. Do we have some slides of that? Okay, we'll catch up. I thought that Sam's challenge uh, concerning situational awareness, being aware of our surroundings last week was spot on. Uh, Prayer walking, connecting with our neighbors, uh, doing that. Uh, Let's see. Let's do it this way. Dustin, wake up there. You're on. All right. Can everybody say hi to Dustin? Hi, you, hey, you led one of the uh, prayer walking teams and had an encounter. Can you just give us a summary? Was it like be out in the neighborhoods and actually?
1: Sure, I could do that. I know you can. Okay. So Mary and I led a large group uh, around the neighborhoods. And it was kind of interesting as we were walking along. I think we had on our hearts and we're hoping that we were going to run into a lot of people while we were out and about. And, uh, I know a lot of us didn't. Uh, I think, Bill, you had a lot of good contacts I saw, which was really good and pretty awesome to watch and see. Um, When we came back, though, Mary uh, took a good step and started just a prayer circle with the people that came back first. And it was quite interesting. Right across the street from where uh, they were praying, and I was getting set with another group, there was more or less a domestic dispute right across the street. With uh, throwing of things and probably some swearing, but it was in Hmong. Yeah. So, yes, I'm married to a Hmong woman, but I don't know Hmong yet. So, <laughs> um, and it was quite interesting. And you could just tell this woman was broken. And she was sitting on the hills of Kiwanis while we were all praying together. And it just felt like that was supposed to happen for some weird reason. So I walked over. Sat with her for a good five minutes, got to know her a little bit, tried to reach out to her, offer some resources. And you could tell she was very hesitant at first to want to come down and join us. But the more I sat and the more I was just patient and the more I think I listened, uh, things really worked out well. She then came down, uh, sat with us, had lunch. And by the way, thank you to many people that came up to her that recognized she wasn't a part of the church and something else was going on. Because I think just the simple hellos or how are you doing and was something she needed. So in the end, we offered her a ride to Safe Harbor, Salvation Army. And she actually left um, quite suddenly. She went back to the house. And we were a little worried. And as Mary and I left, um, Kayla called us and said, hey, she returned and realizes she needs some help. So we ended up driving her to Safe Harbor and got her inside to get some more resources. So... Um, It was really a test of comfort. Really pushed the comfort level because it was one of those I wanted to jump over there right away as an officer and do something about it. I don't know. God was just telling me, "Just, just wait. Just wait. And Mary actually shared that while her and her group were praying, she didn't even notice that was going on. I thought to myself, how could you miss that? How did you not hear that? And they were so in tuned to their group and praying. And I thought that was pretty awesome as well. So, I got to reach somebody. We talked a little bit about Jesus. She said she's a believer. She's scared of the church, though. Unfortunately, she's felt like she's been burned before by family that are, as she labeled, true believers that treat her poorly based on her own decisions. And she says that's pushed her away from the church. So, I explained where we are, and I explained what, what we're about, in a sense, and who knows? Hopefully one day, maybe we'll see her when the church building gets done. So
0: Wonderful. Well, praise God, folk. That's uh, <laughs> terrific. Indeed, uh, there are opportunities all around us. Uh, Dustin was not informed about that. Nice job on the fly. Appreciate that. Good. And it was good to eat together. Did you guys get enough to eat last week? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, one of the things that really encouraged me was the fact that our church travels well I didn't know how many people would show up and wow, it was tremendous last week So thank you for making that effort to come on out last week Now, with summer in full swing, I thought it might be a good time just to kind of get caught up as to where we are lots of changes happening, and by God's grace, where we're headed. And I believe that meaningful and consistent communication is absolutely key to any healthy relationship with God and with anybody else. Communication, I think you'd agree with that. So we want to stay connected as a church family, heart to heart. And this morning, Sam and I are going to be sharing just a little bit about where we are and some of our heart with you and some challenges as well I used to call these pulpit side chats back in the day over 35 years in ministry But we don't use pulpits anymore, right? We use whatever's available and they're getting smaller all the time and that's probably a good thing Do you remember the big old pulpits? That say? yeah, that was, that was weird. So I got to come up with another name But the last time I did this actually was in 2019 Two years ago, of course, COVID wiped out over a year, so uh, that's where we are. You know what the main topics were two years ago when I was doing a pulpit side chat? Huh, huh. It concerned our desire to discover what God has for us next. Let you know the elders are praying, God is moving, things are shifting. Two years ago, and I also started the conversation about the impending conclusion of my ministry here. That was two years ago. And so, wow, two years goes by just like that, and here we are today, and we want to update you once again as to where we see God leading. Now, certainly God has a plan and purpose for each of us and all of us collectively as a church. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he does. Questions that I continually wrestle with include, what does God want a rise to be? What does he want us to be? What is Arise's role in our community and in our world? What are we supposed to be doing at our new location? And one of the burdens of my heart is to better position Arise for the future while staying fully present in the present. That's hard for me to do because I'm usually way out here. So pulling it back to this day-by-day, moment-by-moment stuff, that's a challenge. That's something I really have to work at. But that's one of my goals. Position the church for the future while staying very, very present with the people and the things that are happening to me right now. And so our emphasis will continue to be on people, not programs. Our emphasis will be on sending and not seeding. That's very important to get beyond liking each other to learning how to love each other more deeply. What does that look like? Now, we all understand, and you just sang 1 John 4, 8, right? What does 1 John 4, 8 say? Well, if you don't know, it's real easy. God is love. That's right. God is love. We just sang that. Yeah, right. We just sang that. But how does that play out in relationships with one another? We're going to talk about that in just a moment as well. Now, this loving one another thing happens when we work together, when we play together, when we spend time together, when we do life together as a church family. So your elders are continually asking God's direction. We pray about this constantly for our church family. What does God want us to be? Who are we? What is His plan for us? And... uh, I, I have always enjoyed this from first Chronicles, a couple of verses from first and second chronicles. First Chronicles twelve thirty two. From the tribe of Issachar there were two hundred leaders who understood the t- signs of the times and knew the best course to take. There were two hundred leaders in that tribe who understood the signs of the times. Things are happening. There are signs of the times all around us. And they understood the best course to take going forward. That's wisdom. That comes from God. That's what leaders are supposed to be doing, understanding the season, understanding the times, and knowing the right course to take. But you know what? Oftentimes the elders pray like this. The prayer of Jehoshaphat found in Second Chronicles twenty twelve. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You ever been in that situation? I don't know what to do here, but Lord, my eyes are on you. Help me. Help me. Right? And so we're not coming to you with the answers. We're coming at you with a seeking heart that says, God, we're not exactly sure, but our eyes are on you, and we're willing to be led step by step, one step at a time. We're not rolling out a five- or ten-year vision. We're not doing that. We're saying, God is leading us one step at a time. We don't know what to do. He does. He's got plan and purpose. But Lord, our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. So let's jump right in. Where are we? Where are we today? Well, let's talk about our staff for a moment. Uh, let's start with where I'm at. As you know, retirement is not found in the Bible. Now, it's a goal that many of you have, and I talk to people constantly. Oh, I'm going to retire at 55. I'm going to retire at 60 or 60 or whatever, right? Just a reminder, retirement is not in the Scripture. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just saying it's not in the scripture, right? There are plenty of things that talk about older age and experience in scripture, but retirement is not one of them. So the elders have been praying and studying and visiting with others and seeking wisdom from our district about a succession plan. We've been doing that for over two years now been praying about it for about three, and we've been engaged in the process for about two years. There's a search team that has been in the process of seeking God. Who is going to follow me? Derek, why don't you stand and uh, lead us in a song or two? And. No, go ahead and say it. Yes, you know, Derek's our head elder. He's also uh, heading up our uh, search team, our transition team. That will not include me, but Sam as well. We'll talk about Sam in just a moment. Derek, where are we with that team? Why don't we uh, just... And again, I've not asked any of these people to share, so this is all just something fun that I like to do. Yeah, all
2: right, Get ready. <laughs> We are getting it going again. We were uh, encouraged to kind of put the search team to the side for a little bit while we got here, while we got the new building and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we are getting going again. Uh, we are getting started. Actually, we have a meeting a week from this Tuesday that we're going to meet together with Pastor Jeff Brown. He is the district superintendent because ultimately we have to make a recommendation to the district and the district is the one who calls who the next lead pastor will be. And so we are starting the process of looking where are we going to look, how are we going to look, how is this going to look, um, how is it going to take place, all that kind of stuff. Um, So we are actively um, pursuing. The next steps that we have to do are we're going to do with the pastoral search team and the elders, we will be doing a church profile and then a pastoral profile. The church profile will look at who we are as a church, where we're going, what we're about. And then the pastoral profile will then look at who do we need? Who is the best person um, to come in and lead this church after Pastor John retires? And so we are still looking at the idea of having a transition time where we bring in the new lead pastor, and he will be here at the same time that Pastor John is here, and we'll kind of do an overlap. And there will be a time where there will be a time where they overlap, and then there will be a passing of the torch, so to speak, where Pastor John. Decreases and the newly pastor increases um, to try and make the transition smooth um, and so that we can keep the momentum that we feel that God has put us on and, and the vision that God has put to us so that the next lead pastor leads us in that same direction.
0: Good. Any questions about that? This is the interactive portion. Uh, when am I leaving? Yeah, I was just going to go there. Uh, I'm looking at late next year. So I believe that uh, the Lord has spoken and continues to confirm I'm, I'm to get this church through the building process, which is not necessarily a fun thing to do, but it is fun in certain other ways. And uh, once that's done, uh, Lord willing, the end of this year, uh, really putting the pedal to the metal on beginning the search. So late next year. Good. Good question. Well,
2: and we are, and I do want to mention that Pastor John mentioned the word transition team. We're kind of changing it from the pastoral search team to the pastoral transition team because there's three facets. Kind of, There's the bringing in of the new pastor, but there's also transitioning Pastor John into retirement and also uh, transitioning of Sam as he's looking forward into what's next. So we're looking more at a pastoral transition team and what that all looks like all around, um, helping Pastor John finish well, helping Sam finish well, and then moving us forward into what's next. Uh,
0: for our eyes. Good. Just to clarify, Derek, I probably won't retire in that sense. I may be a quick trip. You just never know where I'm going to show up. So right. <laughs> just be ready for that. Doing a ministry somewhere. That's right. Yes. So did you say that we, we did not
2: get to select the the district Well, they do the call. And so we, we still select, we find who we feel like God is calling to bring here, but it's, we're actively involved with the district in that. Um, and then essentially we make the recommendation to the district. They have to approve it and all that kind of stuff, but then they end up doing the call to that pastor. So we, we still, for the most part, we make the selection of this is who we feel like God is bringing to us as a church. And then we bring that to the district.
0: So, Kim, what will happen is that a man and his family will come in and candidate. You will then uh, be put in position for a vote of affirmation. As you know, we do the same thing with our elders here. You're not voting on them. You're voting on God's will not like, I like this guy, I don't like that. That's that's not a part of it. What is God saying? That's the important thing. So there will be a vote of affirmation, but we are not a Baptist church. The congregation does not get together and vote up or down in a pastor. That's been, that charge has been given to your leaders to do, but they are going to treasure your input, and you will be able to meet this family in a variety of different ways and places, not just on a Sunday morning, to make sure this is the right Person to lead us into the future makes sense. Good, thanks, Derek. Good. Any other questions about that?
2: I do want you to know that this is very different—a uh, different type of pastoral search. Yeah. There are. This doesn't happen where we, you call a new pastor to a situation where a church is going out, coming in from outside. Where Where our church used to be out, kind of outside the city, and we're moving into the city into a neighborhood and calling a new pastor at the same time. So it's this kind of a different idea that also means that as we look towards a, the new lead pastor, we're looking for somebody who knows what's happening and can get into the community and really lead us in what it looks like to be a part of a community. And that's a very different thing as we are transitioning many different things at the same time. So we're in a unique situation, so please be praying. Play, pray that God would the lord of the harvest would send workers and specifically a worker for us that is meant for what god has for arise
0: church right now good and if you think of questions hopefully we'll be done in prompt time and you can ask more so if you've got additional questions derek you want to hang on to that i may have you yeah that way i don't have to do that good uh what about sam that's a good question sam what about you Sam is growing. It is fun to watch a young man blossom in the gifts and calling of God upon his life. Uh, That is so, so exciting for me and really turns my crank. He is growing. Uh, We are equipping him to send him. Sam came here with an expiration date on him. And we, we are targeting now when is that expiration date in which to, in which he will be launched. He is finishing his education through the lead program, the Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, from that he will then be licensed and about halfway through his ordination. Sam and Amber attended council, representing our church at the national level uh, last month, and so uh, Sam is uh, being exposed to all kinds of different things. The word that Sam gave us when we were discussing where he was in his call was the word bridge. Sam is absolutely convinced he is the bridge through this transition, through the building transition uh, into uh, my departure and the the arrival of the new man. That is Sam. He is the bridge and he has stayed by that and I deeply appreciate that. Uh, Sam and I talk about finishing well here. What does that look like for both of us? And we want to position this church in a way uh, that it will continue to grow and thrive and be all that God wants it to be. Uh, Lord willing, debt free And money in the bank And uh, the right personnel on board And wow, some good relationships With our city So Sam, thank you It's a joy to serve uh, with you We're going to be hearing from Sam in just a moment Any questions for Sam? We'll just do it that way Okay all right. we'll keep going Aaron, what about Aaron? Uh, Aaron does an awful lot around here and uh, she does sometimes too much, in my opinion. Uh, She has a hard time saying no, so we're helping her with boundaries, and she's getting much better with that. Uh, A couple of months ago, I reminded you, uh, please keep business-to-business hours. I want to make sure that she is worshiping with her family and not being bombarded with a bunch of uh, church stuff. It's important, I agree with that, But just because it's convenient doesn't mean it's the right time to be putting that stuff on her, right? And so I asked her, how's it going? She said, well, you know what? For a few weeks, it worked pretty well. Uh, People were pretty much leaving me alone. But uh, now she's getting more and more of, I know I'm not supposed to talk with you about business on Sundays, but I'm saying, get your big butt out of there. That's what I'm saying leave her alone Amen. leave her alone let her worship okay let her worship you've got the rest of the week to contact the church she's always available let her worship can we do that okay so if there's any big butts, I'm going to hear about them there and just tell me who they are and we'll, we'll identify them and uh, make sure we're, we're slowing that train down but you know you know my heart here you know what I'm saying right it's just very important That that staff have a time To worship God too With the body Can't always be worrying about details And this is not and that, blah, 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 Okay, alright Okay, so let's work on that Okay church, good and I'll probably mention that again Because a lot of folk aren't here today Alright, uh, we have our part time ministry directors Miko's not here this morning, Elizabeth is Hey Elizabeth, it's so good to see you So good to see you How's Chaz doing? Is he? Yeah, he looks good. All right. Great to see you guys as our children's ministry director. Uh, Let's talk about the building for a minute. Uh, The surface demo, as you know, has done an amazing job. Uh, the contractors have said so. I just, again, want to applaud this congregation for all the hard work uh, many of you have put into this process. There's still a couple of things to do, so we got a couple of really easy interior walls, some other stuff, uh, Sam can talk to you about that, that need to come down. So if you have a couple of hours and would like to help, uh, there's a couple things left to do couple of things left to do Uh, we have got the right architect with rise point there's no question in my mind we now have a general contractor that's chapa and uh, we just got word on friday sam yeah city approved our plans so we are now rolling yeah thank you Thank you for praying about that Uh, By the city undertaking the approval of the plans We do not have to go through the state of Wisconsin Which would have been a six or eight week delay And a lot of money and a lot of hassle So the city has very graciously And I believe it's God But ultimately it's our relationship that we have with the city That allowed this to happen So just, wow So uh, come tomorrow uh, Some things are going to start changing Now, what's interesting though Is we still don't have a final price (laughs) so uh, they've said that price uh, when it comes from the contractors first going to the architect that way it won't have a heart attack right there and we can then say okay what can we do to work this thing through right Uh, but uh, the overall the big picture uh, they're still saying we can finish by november we shall see uh And also that we can come pretty close to budget. We shall see about that too, right? And uh, well, God's in charge of that. So I'm not going to try to lose much sleep about that. But it's time to get the party started. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Any questions about the city or the building or any of that stuff? LCA has been very gracious, very good to work with. So we'll continue here until that point. Except for the two weeks of the Ryder Cup in September. September. We will be at Qantas Park. Okay. That's the only disruption in our schedule, uh, Lord willing, until we get into the new facility. Good. Any other questions about that? Good. All right. We continue moving forward. Some of the core values being multi-generational, being multicultural, very, very important to me and to our leadership team. We want to be equipped to engage our community. Now, a high priority on our list is cooperation, networking, partnering with organizations, churches in our city. This last week, Sam Derrick and I met with Mayor Ryan Sorenson and Chad Pelichek, the city planner. Went very well, don't you think, guys? Uh, We have a solid relationship with the city. Uh, They have some ideas about the neighborhoods that we touched on, uh, how our church can make a difference. Uh, Their point is this. When anyone comes to City Hall, generally, it's to get their hand slapped or pay a fine or, or something negative. They're the bad cop. They are looking for us to be the good cop in these neighborhoods, to be boots on the ground, to hear what's actually happening in these neighborhoods and to try to connect the neighborhoods with the city, not seeing the city as the enemy or the bad guys, but to say, hey, look, we're, we're all working toward the same goal for our city, right? A place where we can be free, where families can raise their children, uh, where it's safe, and all that kind of stuff that goes with that. Ultimately, our purpose is to make sure Jesus Christ is glorified here, right? And so uh, we want to do that. Uh, Mayor Ryan is a, is a godly man uh, 27 years old he's got a lot of wisdom uh, but they want us to help them with neighborhood revitalization and be the boots on the ground for the city they've called us and asked us to do that so i want us as a church to be praying about that what that might look like and, and uh, remember a, a few weeks ago when we talked about the comeback of the neighborhood church I believe we have a neighborhood. I believe God has put us there for a reason. In the past 200 years of American history, about 8 out of 10 churches were started as a specific part of a neighborhood or a community. Neighborhood churches were started in a community for the community. And I think we're seeing a massive switch back toward that kind of thinking away from the megachurch, uh, the drive-in church. Uh, I think this trend is going to continue because their geographical mission field was clearly defined. I think God has put us there and defined our mission field for us. And the neighborhood church is making a huge comeback. So we're looking at 1807 Erie through different kinds of eyes. We see that more, more space... Uh, and uh, m- this becomes more of a tool uh, for launching into the community than a cocoon for our members. That's what it's about. How do we not only meet the needs of our church family, uh, but stay on task uh, toward reaching those who don't yet know Jesus? And so when engaging others, Jesus often started with a need. He asked the question like he did in Mark ten fifty one. Remember that question? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? How can we help you? I think Dustin uh, and his team uh, last week, what can we do to help you? How can we serve you? That's the idea of the church. That's the idea of the church. Not going in with this preconceived notion that we have all the answers and we know what you need because we don't. This I know. That neighborhood needs Jesus. How we get there is something we need to ask, just as Jesus did. What do you want me to do for you? And maybe we should stop assuming and start asking people, what is it that you need? And so, um, uh, just so you're understanding our heart, right, for Sam and me. You know, when you come into a church like... Or any public facility like right here, there's what's called a weather lock. A weather lock is one set of doors and then another set of doors, right? And in between that space is the weather lock, so that weather doesn't come right in. Let's lock the weather outside. And so... And talking, to the architect said, here's an idea. And I thought, oh, man, this is exactly where I want to be. This is exactly where I want to be. So what we're doing is we're designing it so the outside of the weather lock doesn't lock. There's no locks on it. There's locks on the inside doors, but not the outside. And you know what can happen? Come January, and the Salvation Army is full. And there's not even a place for a person to stay. And can you imagine putting that'll be heated and a small refrigerator in there in the weather lock? And you know what? They might be drunk and they might puke in there. I don't care. To get them out of the weather, to have a safe place, to me that's extremely, extremely important. And so that changes the way we look at our facility, right? It's a little different way of looking at it and i hope you're on board with that cuz that really that kind of stuff really really excites me so we can go to the city and say if you've got overflow you need an emergency place we don't have to staff it yeah we'll have a camera in there and we'll do all that kind of stuff but but the point being why not use our facility to meet needs in an even greater way right so that's just what's some of the stuff going on in our heads now here are a couple ways we are connecting with our community uh, stepping stone, faith based, recovery focused transitional living home uh, Ryan you're here, why don't you stand uh, this is Ryan Molinar and uh, he and Jen have just a call from God and he'd like to be full time doing this and we are meeting with folk uh, A wonderful group of folk who are attempting and believing God that Ryan will be full-time in this role. Again, the city is asking us We need help. We need help with recovery. There is no women's facility here. What do we do with this? We see the tremendous need. We have a couple that's called, how do we support them as a church? These are some of the things that you're going to be hearing about in the coming months. And I'm very excited about that, right? You want to have a direct impact. Now, what would happen is, Ryan won't be on staff at Arise. We are going to send and equip him, just like we would any other missionary, to any other task here or there. Make sense to you? So would you be joining us in prayer about the plans that God has for this couple? Their heart is already there. He's constantly bugging me. Why can't we go faster? Why can't... Because God is patient. And he's working out something right here. And when the time is right, you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. And I've got a feeling this group of people is going to support you. Would you support that? Okay. That's what we need to hear take courage. Take courage, you guys. All right? Good. You'll be hearing more about that. In fact, Ryan's going to be sharing with us this summer in a little more detail. We want to continue to connect with our world. We want to push back the darkness here and there. Uh, We are still partnered with Nightlight. Uh, Thailand is getting ravaged with COVID right now. Uh, The entire country is locked down. Uh, They, uh, their hospitals are Overflowing Now, Thailand uh, had a real easy time on the first round. It's like, what's wrong with the rest of the world? They shut their borders, hardly had any. Now, it's coming. And it may come here again. Who knows? This time, I hope we handle it a little differently. Heard from Samo and Janelle. That was wonderful uh, to hear their story of a work among one million refugees, the largest refugee camp in the world. They're in Bangladesh, and you're going to continue to hear about ways we can push back the darkness and so uh, this uh, requires a cultural shift so Sam I'm going to ask you to join me now uh, if you would uh, first of all with a couple of details uh, man you had a bunch of kids did any of you drive by the car washes <laughs> that was nuts with all the kids with the signs and it was just high energy and uh, some say car washes don't work anymore <laughs> so how'd it go uh, it went really good
3: it really awesome. Uh, so awesome, I'm going to sh- sh- save it for later. Okay. I'm talk about what's happening at Empower Youth. Good. Yeah. So not talking about that yet. Okay. we got other stuff we
0: got to talk about first. Good. So, so yeah, that's right. I jumped this, didn't I?
3: You jumped a gun. Yes, yeah, like, I did. He's, he's talking about going fast. He told him to slow down. you got to tell him to slow down. Okay?
0: <laughs> we Do got this. one speed, don't we? Exactly. <laughs> Wide open. Uh, but, but I think it's important that people understand if we're going to get where we're going, we're going to have to change. Not just you know the way we do Sunday morning service, the whole culture of the church. And you raised some really great issues as I was talking with you. I just wanted you to share those with the people because I think you're talking uh, some things that I wouldn't even think of. Is that because you're younger or because I'm older?
3: I have no idea.
0: That's okay. You'll figure it out. I'll
3: let you know. I'll put some good thoughts to that. Um, Man, uh, asking some really good questions this morning... Where are we as a church? Who are are we as a church? And over the past couple months, that's actually become really hard to answer. It's become fuzzy uh, because of all the changes and shifts we made. From our brand name and identity from Southside to Arise, from selling a building that we've been known for and established and built, uh, to buying something that we're currently renovating, moving to this temporary location, all kind of stuff, talking about staff changes in the future, um, there's just a lot of things that are shaking things up. Man, what happens when we surrender to God? All right, God, use us. Where do you want us? And then we get to go on this roller coaster ride that He is, has for us, where He's taken us and going places. And then we get to hear about an awesome story uh, like last week, what well, God, just a glimpse, that's just a taste of the good things God has for us. And the ways he's going to work and move on us. So much of that's changing. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I was with a group of pastors sharing what our church is doing, uh, and one of the pastors kind of smirked, and he looked at me, and he says, You know, Sam, if something walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. And he goes, Sam, you guys walk like a church plant. You guys talk like a church plant. You guys are a church plant. Now, that is a huge compliment. So if you don't understand what he's getting at is, he says, you guys look like something brand new. The God is doing such a work and a change in this church. He's doing such uh, work in our hearts and, and what's happening that we look like a young, brand new church taking place. And that is awesome. That is something to celebrate. That is something to uh, lean into. But with that comes a lot of uncertainty. And so there's always a lot of questions. You know, with the whole building and renovating this one, our yearly budgets is just kind of tossed out the window. Man, where are we financially? Uh, where are we, you know, what direction are we heading in? Uh, we're in a summer, so there's a lot of inconsistency with people. Uh, you know, in or out, a lot of people up north, all all kind of stuff. Um, there's just a lot of busyness of life. We live in a very busy culture. But I want you guys to know, Even with all those questions, uncertainties, I still get taken back uh, as I wrestle through all this myself with that there's a God in heaven who created, you know, the stars. He tells the sun when to rise, when to set. Uh, And he gives us uh, breath each and every single day. And he's the one who's guiding us, who's leading us through this and that I don't have to, I can just, you know, do the whole Jesus-take-the-wheel uh, mentality. I'm going to surrender this to you, God, because there's no way any of us can steer this crazy train. This is your church, Jesus. You're doing that. And so with this mindset, you're part of a church plant. You're part of something new. You're part of a culture that's changing. You're part of a culture that's a church, a church family, that's really leaning into what it means to be a little bit more like Jesus each and every single day. And so it's going to stretch you, it's going to grow you, it's it's stretching, it's growing me for sure. And we're learning quite a bit about that. So that is where we're at as a church. And uh, God is just, man, blessing us left and right. And this is some of the thankfulness. I'm going to run a list, go down the list of uh, ministries that God is really starting to bless us with. And we're starting to see some really cool things take place. And I'm going to start with what happened yesterday with those crazy kids Pastor John was talking about. We had a fundraiser, a car wash fundraiser. And man, God showed up in a huge, huge way. Uh, we partnered with uh, a group that was from Minnesota looking to come and serve in our area. We also partnered with Plymouth Alliance Church and their youth group. We had something close to like 25 youth uh, who participated in a bunch of uh, leaders uh, two adults who helped out, and oh man, it was amazing, it was incredible, tons of high energy, tons of passion uh, and this uh, ragtag group of you know teenagers raised seventeen hundred dollars on <clears throat> that is. Huge! God is doing some of the, like some of my favorite things about our church are the stories that are happening in our youth ministry and what's taking place there, uh, and the lives God's reaching. And so I want to invite you. If you uh, were not able to make it out yesterday and part uh, participate, uh, I want to invite you to still participate. Can we hit over two thousand dollars from that? So in your giving this morning, if you designate money for uh, some aside for that youth fundraiser, could we hit that two thousand dollar mark? Uh, could we get it there? Could we celebrate that and build on some of this momentum for our youth ministry that's taking place? Uh, they are awesome. They're, they worked their tails off yesterday. Um, and God is showing up in huge, amazing ways. Um, and he's not done yet. I'm so excited to see uh, the direction where this is going. Uh, but God's shown up in other huge ways too. Um, there's other ministries that are really starting to grow. So we have uh, this coming fall, we have a women's ministry that's being launched. Uh, they even uh, they did a survey. Um, they have a big weekend, uh, October 22nd and 24th, that they have a big event, all kind of stuff. So that's new, a new women's ministry for a church that hasn't been there in a long time. Uh, we have a men's uh, ministry that's actually uh, go, you know going. Uh, Grant Rathel is leading that, and they had a Boundary Water trip, and they're looking to build off momentum. So they're looking, Grant is looking for, uh, some other guys, some other men who want to be part of the men's ministry team and what it looks like to do, uh, more things, uh, as men together, uh, to build off of that. What does it mean to have, uh, guys, challenging guys and really grow that? So those two ministries are taking off and growing. Uh, we have our home groups ministry that's going to be launching this fall and some of the best relationships, the most life-giving relationships happen in home groups. And so in the near future, we'll have more information about that. Uh, what is that going to look like? And how do you uh, get engaged with that? And that's going to be really awesome. Uh, this past week, I was listening to a sermon, and the opening opening line in the sermon from this pastor was the question. He asked, how mature are you? I'll just let that sink in for a moment. i wrestle with that. How mature are you? And really, Compared to who? How much mature, how mature are you? And so he's getting in. We live in this culture in this day and age where there's a lack of maturity. And the need for leaders to rise is huge, and it's great right now. And so the need for leaders to rise, not only in our culture and our you know, societies and communities, but also in the church. I'm talking Big C Church that there's a need for mature Christians. And so we're going to start right here. So Pastor John and I are working on launching a leadership equipping ministry this coming fall. And so if you wrestled with that question, how mature really am I? And you're looking for that next step to grow in your faith, uh, to grow uh, in your influence, to grow in your love of Jesus, to grow into your gifting and what you've been called to do. We're going to launch a ministry that starts to do that. That's We're taking a look at that. What does that look like to grow healthy, mature leaders here in our local church? Um, and then we have Kid Connect Ministry. Uh, and for just a quick reminder, Kid Connect Ministry, uh, we are meeting nursery workers downstairs right away after the service uh, to talk about uh, the direction uh, and uh, really the work that God's doing in this ministry and what is he starting uh, to prepare for the future of it. So it's going to be really exciting. Really look forward to participating with that with you. So that is just a bunch of the ministries that is going on. But I have another question I have. Who is the, for you is, who is the biggest plus in your life right now? Like the biggest person that lifts you up the most. Uh, And for me right now, one of those people, she's not here this morning. It's, you you know, you can blink and you'll miss her because she's so short. Uh, Her name is Linda Grandinetti, uh, and she volunteered to come on as an assistant to help me with some of my roles and responsibilities here at this church. Now, when I jumped onto this church, I used to be a journeyman electrician, uh, and going from an electrician to working on a church staff, I'm going to let you know, there's not a lot that translates over, okay? There's not a lot, oh, I can use the same skills, you know, You know, bending conduit skills doesn't really, you know, help uh, in some planning for a car wash. It's weird. Uh, But Linda has come on and she has helped me in a huge way. And I probably wouldn't have had the growth, uh, the encouragement I had in my life. And it's not because of the skills she brings, Uh, it's because she took the time and she just listens and she just asks me questions. Hey, how are you doing with that? Where's your heart at? And so uh, I want to encourage you uh, to be a church that's grateful or thankful. And so if you could pull out your phone. I do, I've done this already a couple weeks ago. Can we pull out our phone and can we text somebody who's a plus in our life? That's all I want you to do. I know a lot of you guys like to hide your phone or turn it off when you don't go to church. But can we just say, uh, just a text real quick to people. Can we be a grateful church, a thankful church, and uh, actually
0: practice that? Thanks, Sam. We're going to have you come back up in just a minute. Okay. All right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. Faith Hall of Fame. It's a great chapter. Uh, The writer of the book of Hebrews gives us this really impressive list of superheroes of the faith. Many of you have read that chapter. Sixteen incredible men and women are listed there whose stories challenge us to live for God today. You've got your faith celebs like Abraham, David, and Moses, but you've also got some really flawed people like Rahab, the prostitute, and Samson, the sociopathic narcissist. Uh, You know, really regular folk like you and me, right? Yeah. Well, in past summers, we've done series like Heroes and Villains of the Bible. It's kind of easier that way because people are in and out throughout the summer, and we just take and do a biographical sermon of some of the great people of Scripture, uh, but this summer we're going to talk about some real faith heroes from right here in Arise Church.